Hello, hello, and welcome to The Healthy Sensitive, a podcast for highly sensitive people who want to fully engage with the world, who want to be brave and go out there and share their gifts, but who still want to figure out a way to take care of themselves in the process. I'm Leah Burkhart, your hostess on the show, and today I want to talk a little bit about living in extremes, and by extremes what I mean is living as a highly sensitive person who is also high sensory seeking. What is that? Uh, (laughs) Alright, so highly sensitive people who are high sensory seeking. Basically what this means is you're dealing with a person who doesn't really like too much stimulus at once and can get overstimulated easily, but also doesn't like boredom. And I don't just mean doesn't like it, but can actually develop a kind of depression if life stagnates too much. So one way to be thinking about this is to imagine that you're looking at a window of optimum stimulus. So if you're looking at this window and it's vertical, so it's up and down, there's a ceiling and there's a floor. Your average person has a relatively high ceiling. They can handle a significant amount of stimulus. These are your people who can go to concerts and enjoy themselves. These are the folks that can go cocktail networking and love it. And then they can also hit sort of a low. And these are your folks who, you know, if the job is slow and they're just kind of hanging out, not doing a whole lot, that's fine. Whatever. It's not a big deal. Maybe it's even nice. A highly sensitive person is someone who, if you look at that same window, would just have a lower ceiling. So it's not that they can't go to a concert, it's that they wouldn't enjoy it. Their ceiling for optimum stimulus is just lower. Now you have some people who, in addition to that, have a floor who's a little bit higher, who, I mean, which is wrong pronoun. Anyway, you get where I'm going with this. You get a window a large window for your average person, the window gets a smaller or a shorter ceiling and a taller floor. So now you're dealing with a window that is narrower coming from both sides. I'm actually one of these people. Uh, so I can attest to the frustration that comes with having a little bit of both of these things. In fact, you know, when I was a little girl, no, not a little girl. Who am I kidding? No, no, no. Sorry. I wasn't a little girl. I was a graduate from college. Well, that was weird. Uh, my mom made something for me. My mom is very crafty. She can make she can make art from anything, really. And she designed this little sort of tableau or, or uh, I don't know what you would call it, but on it were two figurines. There was a figurine of a wolf howling at the moon and another wolf who was sleeping under the moonlight. And uh, as it happens, I'm also a Gemini, so she loved the symbolism of this, because evidently that's a a massive, it's a symbol for Gemini or what have you. So she got to integrate a lot of neat symbols into this. And when she handed it to me, what she told me was, this is how I see you. One half of you is always slumbering or, you know, aching for the slumber, wanting to, to relax. But there's this other part of you that's forever howling at the moon. And I thought, oh, you just get me. (laughs) I suppose she'd have to. She is my mom. But that's my experience. One side of me howling at the moon. One side of me 
desperate to rest. And all of that's well and good, and there's plenty of literature on this, certainly much that's come from Elaine Aaron, and a significant portion which come, has come from podcasts that speak to this, com- this topic. What I want to touch on is more specifically how to take care of oneself when this is the reality, or rather when this is your reality. Fortunately, it's not actually much different from anyone else. I mean, you know, wellness, for the most part, is always boils down to the same stuff. Take care of yourself, your system, your, your being. But it just might have a few slight nuances. So, for example, what I would tell someone who is highly sensitive and a high sensation seeker is you, more than anyone in the world, want to really balance your blood sugar. I talk about this all the time. And when I speak about balancing blood sugar, what I mean is small, frequent meals, all of which have some protein to help those adrenal glands, because again, those adrenal glands are responsible for all of those stress hormones that are pumping anytime that overstimulation is in effect. And you want a complex carb, which has fiber in it. That's going to give you that sense of energy. It's also going to give you some fiber, uh, which helps the gut, and that gut-brain connection is incredibly profound. So a highly sensitive person in particular would want to nourish the gut. So, but that's not so much a special thing. Everybody should be doing that. But why is it super important for a highly sensitive slash high sensation seeking? Well, one reason is the system has a narrower window of optimum functioning. So you want to be even more careful about balancing the head hormones in the system, i.e. cortisol, adrenaline, and insulin. But how does one do that? That's the issue. Because when you really get down to it, it's one thing to know that you need to eat lots of fruits and vegetables, and then you want to compare it, you pair it up with a protein, and you want to eat small frequent meals, and you want to... Fine, whatever. Everyone knows this. Or at least to some extent, most people have some inclination of what healthy looks like. But how does one implement it? Well, if you're highly sensitive and a high sensation seeker, you want to be the boss of meal planning. You don't just get to sort of fiddle around with it. You want to be that person who always carries their food with them. Yes, it's weird. Yes, it might possibly make you a candidate for what they call orthorexia, an unhealthy preoccupation with healthy eating. I get all of that. Do it anyway. (laughs) Um, And here's why. If you're a high sensation seeker, that means you're going to want to be able to try new things, do new things, explore. You're going to be the one who hits the ground running when you go to a new city and you want to see all of the sights. Maybe you don't want to go to all of the you know the hefty wefty concerts. Maybe you don't want to hit the high tourist location. You know, maybe you go to New York and want to spend your time mostly in Central Park and rather than in Times Square. But nevertheless, you want to see the sights. You want to see the city. It's hard to be spontaneous in a highly sensitive system if you don't have a plan. So if you're a high sensation seeker, that's great. Go for it. Go hit the road, man. Go find your adventure. But carry your food with you, and here's why. If you're in a new city, you don't know what the best restaurants are, and you don't know how long it takes to get there. You don't know when they're open. And even if you yelp all of this stuff, because there is technology that can help with all of this, you could get there and not realize just how busy it was going to be. 
you can not realize when you were meeting up with your friend and you had every intention of going to lunch at noon that it in fact was going to stretch until one or two uh, it just goes on and on so when you have food with you you don't have to eat it maybe everything goes to plan maybe you do go to that new restaurant and you dive into that dive bar or whatever but if you have it with you you have options it's a lot easier to be spontaneous and adventurous when you've got a plan especially when you're a highly sensitive person because if you're an HSP my dear sweet friend you know what hanger feels like and it's not fun it doesn't feel good and the last thing you want to be doing is trying to set forth on a new adventure which is already highly stimulating while on an empty stomach don't do it another thing you want to try and have you I mean it everyone should have a meditation practice of some sort When I say meditation practice, I don't mean that it has to look a certain way. I just mean everyone should carve out some time in their lives to focus on a singular thing and give the brain a break. It's training the brain. Everyone needs to train their brain just like puppy owners should train their pups. For highly sensitive people who are also high sensation seekers, just like with your food, carry your meditations with you. Have a plan. You know, if you're finding yourself in a loud, crowded place that you didn't realize was going to be so crowded, what you might want to consider doing is keeping your phone with you. Maybe have Headspace. It's a meditation app downloaded on your phone. Or classical music or sounds of nature. You know, have something so that when you're feeling a little overwhelmed, you can just plug right into that. Have something soft and lulling, easing into your eardrums so that you can calm yourself back down. You want these things to be mobile. Because again, if you want to be a high sensation seeker, that's great, but have a plan. Next on the list, you want to stay really active. You more than anyone, if you are a high sensation seeker have probably a system that is pumping out adrenaline and cortisol pretty quickly but you kind of like it it's hard to be in this space because it's like you don't want to go too slowly too slow equals depression but you also don't want to go too fast too fast equals anxiety so you want to be in this sweet spot one of the best ways to sustain that sweet spot is to find an activity you love you can get into a phenomenal flow anytime you're staying active Uh, For me, it's running. I love the adrenaline kick I get with a good run. It's soothing, it's meditative, but it's also exciting. It invigorates me. And when you're doing exercises, one thing you in particular want to pay attention to is novelty. Because you're high sensation seeking, right? You can do the same run over and over and over. Your highly sensitive qualities will appreciate you for that. But that sensation seeking quality within you is not going to feel fed. It's not going to be nourished. So just, if you, whatever the sport is you love, try something new. If you love skiing, try a new slope. If you love bicycling, try a new bike path. Always keep it fresh and new, but have some element of familiarity involved in it. Basically, in any of your engagements, what you want to try is something novel, something familiar. Because these are the two pieces that are going to make you feel whole. I can't guarantee that, I guess, but I can tell you it's what makes me feel whole. So if you want to go to a new concert and this is your first experience, maybe go to a concert hall you're familiar with. If you want to try a new location or a new restaurant, maybe try a dish that you're familiar with. Or go to the same restaurant that you know and love and try a new dish. (laughs) You're trying to balance these two things out so that 
you're meeting both of these driving forces that are on some level really competing for you, competing for your attention. And then, of course, at the end of it all, stay safe and vigilant. I mean, be prepared. I have pepper spray on me at all times. It's, you know, sitting next to me in a tiny little zebra polka dotted pouch, which is oh so very cute. I mean, if I'm going to try something new, good for me. I shouldn't, I, I don't care if I'm five foot two and female. I deserve to go out in the middle of the night if I want to also. But be safe about it. You know, carry something with you that makes you feel safe or go with others. You know, when you're a highly sensitive person, the upside is that you're nervous system is primed for danger. Why is that good, you ask? Well, I mean, if something feels out of sorts, your spidey senses are probably a bit keener than most. Embrace that. It's true that most highly sensitive people probably would just avoid dangerous locations and spots or situations. As a sensation seeker, you might not. You can see how this can drive a person crazy, right? Because this is my reality. I know what anxiety feels like. I know what it feels like when I've pushed too hard too far. But I also know when I haven't pushed hard enough. I know what it feels like when I'm sitting there watching the eighth episode of The West Wing at my house, thinking, gee, I wish I had done something productive today. (laughs) Um, I know what it feels like when I've gone on a 16-mile run and have thought, my God, that was too hard. I should not have pushed this hard, and then I get sick the next day. And I know what it feels like when I've done a small, leisurely walk, and I get home, and I can't sleep that night because I didn't burn all the energy off in my system. It's a delicate balance, and it requires mindfulness. It requires a system that is constantly cared for. Caring for the system means rest. It means meditation. It means vigilance, you know, staying safe. It means balancing your blood sugar with real food. And then finally, of course, you knew I was going to go there. It also means getting enough sleep. Oh, yes. Us sensation-seeking, highly sensitive folks know all too well about the challenges of sleep and the merits. When we can get to sleep, we own everything. We dominate. We can. We know what you need before you even think to know you might possibly want it. We know what the like. We know how to navigate some of the most challenging situations because our nervous system is so responsive and like and attuned. The only downside to that, well, if it doesn't get rest, that highly attuned nervous system can work against us. So. Whenever you get enough sleep, basically what that helps to do is reset everything. It resets the hormones in the body so that there isn't a high level of cortisol and adrenaline already primed up. It helps rewire the brain again, or rather give it a rest so that the next day it's clean. It's just like cleaning the windshield wipers, or cleaning the windshield, rather. It's not that I can't see through a foggy window. It's just, why would you want to see through a foggy window when you're in a Lamborghini. Sucker can go a million, like, I don't even know how many miles an hour. I've never actually been in a Lamborghini, but you get where I'm going with this. I mean, you're in a very well-built machine, this system of yours. Treat it well, and you're going to have a great ride. Don't treat it so well. You might crash. So, that's all I've got, at least in terms of tips and tricks and all of the like. But, as always, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, you, If you would like to send me an email, 
uh, I'd love to hear from you. It's leahburkhart360 at gmail.com. Or if you would like to check out my website, you can see my website at thehealthysensitive.com. I always love to hear from folks. And when you check in, I'd love to hear from you. What is it that you do? If you are a high, highly sensitive person and a high sensation seeker, how do you navigate that tough terrain? You know, what is it that you do to keep yourself sane? Anyway, again, Leah Burkhart360 at gmail.com or thehealthysensitive.com. Love to hear from you. Did I mention I'd love to hear from you? I think I said that six, maybe seven times. Anyway, have a wonderful weekend and take good care.